G'day, it's Coach Pete from Ascension. On this Whiteboard Wednesday, we're gonna look at the training principle of individual differences. Individual differences at its core and in its simplest really states that individuals will respond differently to training. It's a relatively simple idea, but one that's still really worthy of a lot of merit and consideration with building a program. If we look at a person, individually, they'll have different physiology and different anatomy. And that's at the micro level and the macro level. The cellular structure, the amount of mitochondria they have in their muscles, their bone structure, their bone density, the length of their bones, how the breakdown of different muscle fiber types and how developed all these systems are amongst a whole bunch of other parts will really determine how someone responds to training. That is how much training they can tolerate and how well they actually recover from any type of training. Also looking at anatomy specifically, as individuals, we'll have different medical and injury histories as well. And we cannot ignore our previous injuries and the impact that these have on our current training. Me personally, I've had two knee surgeries. I had an ACL reconstruction in 2007, and I had a further arthroscopy on my knee in 2010, both on my right knee. Following on from this, I've also torn my right hamstring, all linked back to that original injury going back to 2007, where I damaged my ACL. This is compounded over time, and my training personally has to factor this in. So I have to do a certain work to compensate for this weakness on one side of my body. So whilst it might seem minor, I've just had two knee surgeries and a torn hamstring, I have an imbalance throughout my own training history. And injury history should also go further to look at what our medical history is as well as that might have some impact on our current training in terms of what restrictions we have in terms of movement and exercises, as well as the intensity, volume, and frequency of training we can actually do. We can also look at things more practically and consider what our mobility and what our flexibility is around our joints. So whilst most consideration for individual differences really just focuses on the overall macro anatomy and physiology, we should look at a few other parts as well. Training maturity is another factor so you as an individual will respond differently to training at different levels and different stages of your training maturity. As you become more mature and get more experience in whatever training you're doing, whatever sport you're doing, you'll find it harder to keep doing the same training over and over again, expecting the same result. You'll find diminishing returns, as we've talked about before, the magnitude of your improvements is smaller, and you'll generally find it actually takes more volume of training overall to get any improvement at all. You can't just do the same exercises with the exact same reps and the exact same sets at the same weight and expect to keep going up. Your training maturity and the way your body supercompensates to your training will require you to change your training. Another really big factor which is often neglected is your overall lifestyle. What your individual availability is to do sessions is massive. There's no point having a training program which has five prescribed sessions per week when you can only attend two or three per week and you're inconsistent. Being able to balance your lifestyle with your training requirements is really important. Next, we'll look at what your individual motivation. Is it extrinsic? Is it intrinsic? How much motivation do you have to actually training at all? A lot of people really aren't motivated by training. They aren't motivated to adhere to a certain type of diet or nutrition advice or a certain type of training. And whilst it's not directly mentioned, enjoyment can be a factor as well related to motivation. Some people find they have to enjoy their training in order to stick to it. Other people don't require high levels of enjoyment 
Recovery is where improvements actually occur and the greatest amount of recovery you can get really is sleep. And that's physically, psychologically, your whole body. How much sleep you get as an individual will determine so much of your recovery. If you have inconsistent sleep patterns, if you don't sleep well or you don't sleep enough, it's gonna cause problems with your programming, no matter what it is. Diet is also a significant contributor. So it's a factor in how you use your nutrition to aid your goals. Next is stress. And that's not just training stress, which we've talked about with general adaptation syndrome and the two-factor model in the past. That is your overall stress from everything in your life, from work to friendships, relationships to family, and everything in between. Your body can only tolerate so much stress. And two individuals who might have identical lives, who might have identical training maturity, and have the same anatomy and physiology may experience different levels of stress and will make an impact on how they both train. Last but not least is your goals. Again, it really comes back to what you're training for as an individual, as opposed to doing something because someone else told you to do it. What objectives, how do you measure success and improvements, and why are you really at the gym or training at all? Working out where you're trying to get to is a consideration with individual differences. You may not quantify success the same as someone else, so what's the point in doing the same program? Now, we've looked at anatomy, physiology, training maturity, as well as lifestyle, and these all collectively feed into your training program adherence and your recovery. There's no point having a perfect training program for you based on your anatomy and physiology and everything else if you're not going to adhere to it. A perfect program that's going to meet all your objectives and all your goals, but you have no interest or you can't physically commit to for whatever reason, such as the availability of equipment, the time it takes to get to the gym or anything else is useless. Programs are not simply input A gives output B. There's a whole myriad of other things that occur outside of the individual training session that impacts your improvements and your developments and how you enhance and improve yourself. Can you adhere to the program? Do you adhere to the program? How well do you adhere? And do you recover sufficiently? Does your lifestyle support recovery in the gym? Is going to the gym, for example, a way for you to de-stress to blow off steam? Or you're looking to improve performance or a certain aspect of fitness? An argument that can come up with designing training programs is, should you follow a common, easily accessible program? Or should you choose an individually designed program to suit your objectives? Now, it really depends, and it comes down to what your preferences are as an individual. But when we look at your training and the expectations of your improvements you're gonna get, you can follow a simple program out there that already exists and make really good improvements. I followed starting strength a number of years ago in order to make improvements in my squat, bench press, press, and deadlift, and had fantastic results by following starting strength. But it can be really useful, and Common Program is a really good entry point into training in general. It gives you something to benchmark off. Over time, as your training maturity increases, or if you find your lifestyle interferes with following common programming, generally find that it doesn't work as well. We'll see with individual athletes, due to their anatomy, due to their physiology, due to their training maturity, and due to their lifestyle, common programming becomes less and less effective the longer and longer they've been training for. Alfie will find that due to their lifestyle, they can't simply fit in a common pre-designed program to suit their needs. If you're finding you're not having the same results or the improvements you expect, they now want to consider an individually designed program. The key takeaways from this Whiteboard Wednesday. The first one really is all individuals will respond to training differently. 
because Sally put 40 kilograms on her squat doesn't necessarily mean you'll make the exact same improvements. That other person will have a different set of considerations based on their anatomy and physiology, their injuries, their training maturity, and their lifestyle that really links to their training improvements and developments. You may not respond the same. What we do find is people will deviate from what the norms of improvements are. To work out whether you should follow common, easily available programming that's generally going to be a lot cheaper or look at more specialized program really comes down to a personal preference. What actually suits you and what suits your lifestyle. Make sure that's a consideration you factor in when you're looking for how you actually train. The last big key takeaway from this Whiteboard Wednesday is as your training maturity increases, individual differences will have a greater impact on your training improvements. And as you train for longer, the requirement to consider your individual differences, how you respond to what volume, what intensity, what weights, how frequent, what the design of your program is becomes more and more important. Mm -hmm.